idea. I'm Sharon, I'm a journalist and I'm doing a podcast about the state of the roads up here. <laughs> Can I have a chat to you? No, it won't be long though. No, 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 a couple of minutes, a couple yeah. of minutes. I mean, you're well, just a because you're just the person I wanted to talk to about, I mean, what must, what is it like to be carting a big truck full of logs around these roads? Keeping your whips on at all time because your old trailer gets whipped around and all the bumps, but the roads are shocking. Yeah. You know, they're hammering the trucks. You know, they're literally hammering them. Andre Sigelcoat drives on the roads of the far north every day. I'm talking to him just outside Mangamuka about the broken roads and why he can't take State Highway 1, the most direct route north to the mill at Kaitaia. Like everyone here, he's got a story to tell about just how bad things are. In a car, you don't feel it. In a truck, you've got to slow down or we're snapping breaking stuff on our trucks all the time. Are you? I was wondering about yeah. that. So can you tell me, where have you come from? I, I've just come out of the bush, just up here back of Mangamoka. I'm heading to Kaitaia, and halfway I'm going through the Mangamoka way, um, through Broadwood, and there's this massive slip that's been sliding down the hill. They haven't done anything, and it's been like that for over a year. And um, But meanwhile, they're mucking around on some poncy, fancy roads, but they should be fixing when we go over it, our trailer, it's, hard, it's at the Broadwood Junction, your trailer literally tips back and forth and you've got to go like a snail on it and, and it's not right. Because we're coming up to the point here on State Highway 1, just outside of Mangamuka, yep. where you can't go any further. Normally, would you be going through the Mangamuka Gorge yeah, if that well, road was yep, open to yep. Kaitai? Because that's the yep. most direct route. Yep. It'd be like... 40 minutes, half, you know, an hour at the most instead of an hour and a half round, you know, to go right round the roads. And, of course, we've got to go round, so we're only cutting 44 tonne because um, all the bridges through there are the rating instead of um, up to our normal rates. Which would be? Um, you know, like for 50 and 46. Okay. You know, depending on the weight of your trucks. Yeah. Can carry and yeah. the axles. But the, um, and what's happening is even that's a loss. You know, like um, for the forestry, they're paying for 44 tonnes. And you think, you know, how many loads would go up there? Or, we, you know, even coming out, and it's a lot of money. Thanks, Andre. Nice meeting you. See ya. We'll get back to Andre. I follow him for a few k's to see how precarious it is. Because it's not only the closure of State Highway 1 that's a problem. And by the way, it's been shut for roughly two years on and off. There are 15 major slips and the $100 million repair job won't finish until next May. But there's the rest of the 2,700 kilometres of the far north state and local network as well. So before I hit the road to see for myself, I talked to a few locals. Oh, potholes everywhere. (laughs) Every time it rains, like the potholes that have just been recently filled in just all come out again. <laughs> like living in a goat track, it's horrendous and it's dangerous. Why do you think it's so bad? Uh, probably sparse population, poorer population, it's easy to forget about us. What's your worst road? There's plenty of council roads still now that are closed um, with big slips on them that you can't get past or only a small vehicle can get past. But probably another big thing is um, 
health care and people with cancer treatment and stuff like that. It's all another big chunk of their time to get to Whangarei or get to Auckland. So it's, it's all a big impact on the community. Yeah. I'm travelling with Penatoi Kleskovic, Far North District Councillor and Operations Manager for the Commercial Activities of Northland Iwi Te Opori. This is our land here. It starts here. Oh yeah. When you say our land. I don't mind my siblings. A lot of Cody in there, it's on Cody. Oh. Okay, hey let's let's talk while you drive, is that alright? Yeah. Um all right, so we're on, where are we right now, Penatoi? Uh, we're, we're just coming past Waitiotio, which is uh, kind of Paparori, just near the uh, far north packhouse. We're on State Highway 1. Yep, uh, we're not far out of the Opodi forest, uh, inclusive of the Paringaringa forest. It's about 20% uh, of New Zealand's forestry sector, or about 18%, I'd say. So there's a lot of forestry around here, a lot of trucks the state of it, how would you describe it? Derelict and decrepit. In Māori we say te ka kōpurupuru o ngā rōri tatataka ngā niho, which means the roads are so many holes and so many bumps your teeth will fall out. <laughs> and what were you saying before? It's not just about the state of the roads, it's about uh, the resilience of the economy. Yeah, I said, well, it's not only about our roadworthiness, but it's about the resilience of our economy. If I give you an example, uh, Te Opodi is a beneficiary of the treaty settlement, fishery settlement, and uh, Moana Pacific is one of the companies that we have a share in, and they operate out of Whangaroa, and in Shanghai, the price for a dozen oysters can fetch up to $35, $35 but you can't realise that economic upside because by the time your oysters actually arrive there they look like they've gone through the Nutribullet. During the uh, recent floods, well it was impossible because not only was the factory flooded but the road was flooded. They couldn't go out via via the Mangamuka because, because of the damage to the Mangamuka road but they actually couldn't get out of the factory. So that tells you that not enough consideration has been given to root security in Northland when uh, the entire north is shut off. And uh, actually we're only about two or three days out from being uh, having no food in the entire north. When was that? Uh, that was during Cyclone Gabriel. Okay. We've got the second larging, largest roading network in the country, the far north, the far north district. 1,800 kilometres of unsealed road. If you think it costs a million dollars to seal one kilometre of road, well a million times 1,800. It's a lot of money. Look, we just, we've just driven along a part of the road that um, has, doesn't even have a side bit on it. It's just kind of the two lanes and then a ditch and then a truck, a big truck just came past us. I mean, it's not, there's not much room for um, kind of, you know, for anything going wrong, is there? Yeah, well, when here in the north we like to operate in slim margins. <laughs> there's not a lot of room for error. You know, you were talking about Waka Kotahi. You're a, you're a councillor now in the Farm District Council. Doesn't the council also have responsibility here to provide good roads? Yeah, they do, but not on the state highways. The responsibility of the state highway solely rests on the shoulders of Waka Kotahi. 
Now, if we're talking about side roads, I mean, um, the council make Wakakotahi look like an altar boy, and we look like the ones who nicked the cross. So, if you think about those 1,800 kilometres of unsealed roads, a lot of those roads uh, have been subject to significant water increase, and those are that's part of the woe here in the north, and it's constantly thrown at us by ratepayers. Um, about the lackluster maintenance of our roads and that's due to the drain, the drains and also the culverts not being cleared out. Look, it's, it's no secret that the council contractors are slower than a wet week in May. NZTA is constipated. Um, one example is the Mototi slip that's been nine months now waiting and that that's a life... You know, it could be life-threatening for whānau who are in Hokianga. There's a patched up... Well, this is a far so cry better than what was there last week. Oh. You know, in the in the, the soil we have in the far north is called... Um, what's it called, Eddie? Onerahi Chaos, I believe. And and that's part of the issues that are confronting us. It's just it's cha- it's chaotic. Um, oh, weather, uh, contractors... Look, I, I don't believe that the contractors purposely um, aren't getting to the jobs, but there's so many issues on the roads that if we continue, if the council continues with the current funding model, we would have repaired all the roads in 160 years. My name's Siddiqia Murray, and I'm a I'm consultant up here in the far north, working with the Opoding Atikahu Te Rarua Trust. How does... Th- having bad roads, the roading, affect those businesses? Well, for one of them it's very good because uh, if you get a pop tyre or a big scalp in your wheel from a pothole, you usually have to go get a brand new one. So that is business for us. (laughs) Um, (laughs) However, for the Manuka oil one, it it struggles um, because of the huge cost on fuel and also the the bad state of the rural roads that we have heading out to get the brush. And as you say, you're having to add quite a bit of freight cost to the cost of the oil. Oh yeah, so for us to get the product out to the marketplace, the cost of freight now is um, quite high, and it's high because of the quality of roads and the roads that aren't able to carry certain tonnage. For an example, like if we were to cart a 40-foot shipping container of product to the ports of Auckland for exporting, um, we would have to stay within 20 tonne. In the Auckland area, we could get up to 36 tonne in a shipping container. Mm. So because our roads can only hold a certain amount of tonnage before we have to have an age licence, those are additional costs and higher rates for truck cartage. Because the roads are so bad? Yeah. Compared with 36 tonnes? 36 tonnes. If the roads were in good nick? Yeah. That, that's a big difference. Yeah, that's 16 tonnes. Yeah, it's nearly difference. half. What's the impact of that? So we're looking at setting up uh, operation in Whangarei to make it viable for us to export. Right, and that means that local businesses and local industry isn't able to develop... Yeah. As much as, yeah, which means you're not employing local people, the economy yeah. suffers. So, if State Highway 1 through Mangamoka Gorge is closed, 
Where do all these trucks carrying Hedekia's manuka oil, the logs, the fruit and vegetables and everything else go? Here's Kale Silich, investment manager of Te Waka Pupuri Putia Trust, Te Runanga or Te Rarawa. So there are two alternate routes, either east along a road that is now starting to degrade based on the volume, increased volume, or you've got the west coast through the Hokianga, which for anybody who's driven that uh, along that road can see that it's it's unfit for that kind of um, heavy transport going along that. What it's meant is increased freight times, which makes, you know, for um, fast-moving consumer goods, it puts the, the goods at risk, right? We're, we're trying to bring to market... Um, the freshest of produce and when the freight times are increased it has an obvious effect on that not only from a product perspective but also from a market and consumer sentiment perspective um, people in Auckland expect to have fresh and ripe Bell's mandarins which is one of our flagship products and if they can see that the roads are, are less than ideal up here they'll start to that'll start to affect how they look at our products. Okay the trucks are based here yep. so how much longer does that add to their journey to say Auckland to the market in Auckland? So anecdotally um, and I don't profess to have up-to-date data but anecdotally um, when the closing of the roads first happened the drivers were talking about an added increase of two hours either way and when you uh, import on top of that the health and safety regulations involved in drivers having to stop for a certain amount of time what would happen what was happening initially was that the the produce trucks were that extra two hours would take out some of their return journey and they would have to park on the side of the road north of the harbour bridge wait there a lot of time start all over again so you've got an added four hours worth of fuel cost not only that but a decrease in productivity insofar as um, health and safety is important to us um, we want to make sure that um, our drivers and our produce gets there safely but not only that we've got a bottom line to to worry about so um, yeah very concerning. You've got quite a lot of money to invest and you'd like to invest locally and there are some businesses around here that might potentially be good for you to invest in but because of the state of the roads you're not so sure? Well our our local economy is heavily skewed toward primary industry it's the it's the largest sector up here but given that the primary sector is entirely reliant on supply chain resilience and the like it makes it difficult for us to make um, decisions that we are comfortable with in the short term around investments that would have looked otherwise very attractive. Mm. What do you want to happen? Well, what I want to happen is for um, those who have been responsible for the historic underinvestment in not only critical infrastructure, but our locality here, our economies and its people, put their hands up and take responsibility for that and help us get out of this. It's going to require so much money to improve our roads to the point wherein our local economy is going to be able to capitalise on the opportunity that we have here. And let's just get a reminder of what it's like on the roads. I'm behind logging truck driver Andre Sigelko on the road from Mangamuka to Broadwood Junction. Okay, so we're coming up to a really hairy, scary bit. This is a big drop-off in the road. It's down to one lane, and I'm following Andre's truck as we wind around this 
road um, a bit further along about we've just passed another big truck and we've come up to a slip down to one lane again and that's where the road has just fallen it's just crumbled into the down the hill when you live here that's your norm hey you, you only know that it's a shit road when you go down south of Wilson and you realize how bad it is and then you drive home again go oh god it really is bad eh this is former MP, local leader Horni Harawera. He says more money has been spent on roads on the eastern side of the region compared with the west, and it shows. He expects the new councillors, including Benatoi Kleskovic, to change that. But he's also got a solution for the troublesome mangamukas. Oh, I think you need to bring up uh, the roads up to a certain standard, first of all. That's number one. Number two, I think that uh, the brand the mangamukas should be rebuilt, but for light vehicles only, light trucks maximum. I mean, State Highway 10 has already proved it can carry the big boys. It's also flatter. It doesn't have to go up through those kind of windy, dangerous, dangerous-ass turns. Mm. That would be controversial, wouldn't it? Why? We're doing oh, it now. I don't know. That's the road we're travelling now. Yeah. The only controversial bit would be um, saying to the big trucks, well, you can't go up State Highway 1 anymore. Why would you risk a road that travels around all around cliffs, essentially? Cliffs up one side, cliffs down the other side, that is subject to, to, to rains. Why would you spend that kind of money knowing that those vehicles are going to cause that kind of damage? Yeah, uh, that sounds like a pretty sensible idea. Well, I wonder. I'm, I'm here to be sensible. OK. <laughs> Good. Well, I think that, that answers it, really. Oh, is it? Horny Harawera Solution. And um, every community hall... And every Morai in the final district council should have at least a kilometre of tar seal out the front because those are the, the nerve centres of our communities. And yet we just allow dust to just flow right across. You know, they, they should all be at least uh, able to breathe properly when you're there. Oh, yes, Joe's through there. Oh, just come on in and help yourself and grab some of I'm in Whangarei to meet Joe Carr. He's chair of the Northland Regional Council Committee that oversees the roads. And he's just out of a meeting looking at this very problem. OK, so this committee is made up of... Six. ..local council, waka kotahi and regional council yes. representatives. Yes. You, so do you cover all the roads? Yeah, state cl- as state, well as state local? State highways as well. You're responsible for getting, yeah, sorting yeah. out those roads, Joe. Yeah, mate. The, uh, the buck stops with Joe Carr, and um, people let me know that too. 1,800 kilometres of unsealed road. Yeah, more or and less. And how much of sealed road? About 2,700 in total. We're second to Southland in having the, the greatest length of road in New Zealand as a district. That's the far north district, you know, it mm. really is. A relatively low population, yeah. high length of road, huge dock estates that make the roading network that goes around them more extensive. We've um, got lots of issues about uncollected rates. We've got problems such as distribution of quarries, aggregate. As you cut more than about 10Ks from a quarry, which is damn expensive. How would you describe the state of your roads up in the far north? I describe them as a crisis, and, and, and a crisis that took a long time to to develop. 
We've had the perfect storm this winter with Cyclone Gabriel and, and the heavy winter rain, but what's happened over at least a decade is the assets have been sweated. What does that mean? Well, what it, what it means is the investments needed in maintenance and improvement have not occurred to most roads in Northland, and in particular the Kaipara and the Farnworth District Council roads. What we've got is predictable because the surface of our roads and the drainage of the subgrades of our roads have both been left unattended for a long time. And whose fault is that? I think we've all got to hold a hand up for this one. I've been off council for six years. Um, I'm back on council. But as a member of the public, I probably should have been more vocal. Um, Whether I was listened to or not, I don't know. But the roading budget, the, the, the National Transport Fund, is meant to be a hypothecated fund in which only road improvements and maintenance were taken from it, plus policing. And what's happened is it's become a source for a whole lot of non-road activity. So, so people who are paying fuel taxes and road user charges have seen their money uh, spent on wonderful creations that have got high amenity value and used mainly in weekends in cities, like lovely footpath systems and stuff. And maybe I'm being a bit harsh, but, but we're feeling pretty wounded up here. So mm. have you got any idea how much it would cost to get all your roads, state and local roads, back to scratch? Um, no. I, I, can't, I can't throw a, a number up at that. It would would be horrific. We've got significant proposals with government um, for funding, but I actually think the answer, especially to our unsealed network, is in our maintenance contracts, getting them structured properly and, and getting our procurement policies so that we can employ and build up the capacity in local contractors again. Why is the far north, why are the roads in the far north worse than other places? Well... Our community is quite poor, really is. You know, but what, re- what difference does that make, having a poor community? Why does having a poor community relate to having poor roads? Well, we've got to fund a local share. In the far north, that's um, 31% of the maintenance funding has got to come from the local community. Then um, councils have, have spent a lot of money on the sexy bits, you know, but the stuff that sits under the ground, water, wastewater, stormwater, road drainage, and the problems we've, we've got in the far north are right across New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, they are. But, I mean, I've, I've done a bit of travelling around in the last few months. I haven't seen a network of roads. I mean, you come across a road here or a road there, but you've got a whole network of roads that are broken, really, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, and we've got to own up to it. Our communities have said they've had enough. But when are things going to change? I suppose that's what people want to know. Are we going to see change in the second half of the year? As we get out of winter, it does improve. It needs a lot of consideration how to get forward. And look, we've done it before in the far north, mm. we, we've, we, and we'll do it again. We've um, Across Northland, we've got to get our, our roads on a steady, elevating climb back for, to being fit for purpose.
That's it for today. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. The detail is supported by the Public Interest Journalism Fund. Today's episode was engineered by Phil Benge. Our producers are Alexia Russell and Bonnie Harrison and Sarah Robson. And thanks to Penatoi Kleskovich and the other good people of the far north. Kakite. <laughs>